Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Friday, July 8th, and we are going to have a high of 23 degrees here in the Edmonton region, and it looks like it's actually going to be a beautiful day. That's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for joining us, and, and thank you for those that are joining us live. Uh, we broadcast live, uh, we broadcast this show live every morning at 6 a.m. Mountain Time, Monday through Friday. Uh, if you want to join in on the, the live show, you got to download the Podbean app. Uh, follow the Real Estate Investing Morning Show and you get to be a part of the chat. You can call in. There's a call-in button on the app. You can call in, ask any questions you want about real estate investing. We will answer them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so thanks. <laughs> good, good. I've talked, I've talked, I don't know how many times I've said this over the last year, but like, it's painful. Like when I'm just, because like, I'll quickly edit the show and get it all set up for, you know, syndication through all the, the podcast platforms. Mm-hmm. And I listen to the first three minutes and it's always like, Ugh, I cringe. It's like the <laughs> beginning of the show is always the worst because <clears throat> you want to know why? Like we get those moments that are like, uh, and uh, yeah, those are just like the worst moments to have because it's just quite clear that we do not know what we're talking about next. And um, it's because, because we, we really don't, we really don't like, you know, we get set up for the show every morning. It's live. We don't do any preparation. Yeah, whatsoever. we count on you guys. We count on you guys to call in with questions. We Not necessarily a call in with questions, but more so we count on you guys to, like, to find out what are you working on. Yeah. Right? This is for what you What topics guys. do we need to discuss for you? Yeah. Yeah. Because we can talk about our stuff, but more or less, like, our our business is pretty automated and it's it's kind of repetitive. So you'll start to find that we start talking about the same things over and over and over again, because that's our focus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're very focused in our business and there's nothing new and exciting unless something random kind of happens where it was like out of the ordinary or something we didn't expect, which is kind of rare. Yeah. Um, which makes us kind of boring. <laughs> so I'm just, just a reminder to you know to please call in with your questions mm-hmm. um try not to put them in the chat it's just it's too hard for us to keep up i don't know if for anyone who's joined in live on the show you could just see the chat I'll, I'll i'll talk for you know three minutes here and i'll look down and there's 50 new messages i can't skim through them and i don't know who said what afterwards and it's just so hard to keep track of yeah. way easier if you guys just call in and it's better anyways because when you call in it it actually helps with your engagement and when your engagement is up, you uh, get more hearts. And when you get more hearts, you, you get a better cool chance presents. of uh, winning top fan at the end of the month. Yeah. <clears throat> so, let's hear it. <laughs> let's hear so it. So, who's it going to be? <laughs> well, I mean, for I mean, for fuck's sakes, Gab, right? You, you get up at six o'clock in the morning. Some people, some, some, some people are getting up at five o'clock in the morning to listen to the show. Yeah. 
You know what? We I do. mean, I mean, go ahead. I mean, go ahead. I mean, if you're dragging your ass out of bed to loyally, we are not that entertaining. <laughs> We're not that entertaining. From time to time, I throw a little, you know, little cute little sound bit out. You know, wow. Like, wow. But like, otherwise, we're not that entertaining and we're not that exciting. I told you, we're actually quite boring. We're just really boring, successful real estate investors. <laughs> okay. So if you're going to drag your ass out of bed, I mean, get the most value out of it. What are you doing? Huh? What have you been doing for the last six months? What have you accomplished? Are you satisfied with your accomplishments and your growth over the last six months? Call in now. Let's talk about it. <laughs> or, you know, let's talk about what you really want to do. And let's see if we can figure out where you're going wrong. What steps need to be taken. Let's see if today is your day that you're going to make some massive growth. Take some massive action, get some massive growth, and get significantly closer to your goals. Gabby, did you have something to say? <laughs> oh, you mean like a couple of minutes ago? Oh, yeah, actually, you know what? I did. Just, just hold that thought, Gabby. Just hold that <laughs> thought. We got a caller. Just hang on to that thought. Don't forget that thought. Well, I was, ju I was just about to talk about this lovely caller. Her ears were ringing. Good morning. Oh, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you guys? Fantastic. We have a I'm here with Matt. We have a question regarding contractors, if we can, this morning. Absolutely. So we are looking, of course, to build our team, as you guys have talked about so many times. Uh, wondering how you, Matt describes it as a chicken or the egg situation. How do you ensure that you have a contractor and a team lined up? before you have a property or vice versa is the property have to come first and then you're trying to confirm contractors or what do you guys recommend that way gabby this is a great opportunity for you to answer a question <laughs> I th are, you, are you referring to fix and flip yes it, i mean like i don't think that there's a perfect way to do anything Okay. And no, but like I, I'm. It, it all I'm depends, saying, right? Yeah. What I'm saying yeah. is that either way is fine. I mean, ideally, yes, it is nice to have a contractor lined up so that when you have the property, like you're just ready to go. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, but you're not always you're not always going to your contractor isn't always just going to be like magically waiting around for you to find the property to get started on sometimes something else might come up for them and they're not able to assist you once you finally find that right yeah so i mean like if you had multiple kind of like contractors that you were talking to and that you know like were were ready to kind of like be thrown onto a job that would be great but at the same time like if if you're new into into fix and flips into looking for properties um you might not be like trigger pulling as quickly as say wayne where he yeah <laughs> eight or nine in in three months like that's that's not normal for most people and so they like so for you to be like okay yeah we're gonna work together and then 
um, we're, you know, we're going to go put in offers and hopefully get something soon. And then like three or four months later, you finally find something, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, depending on the scale of their business, that might be fine. They might have all these projects going on and they got a big team and whenever you get your property, they can throw their guys in there. Or they might be a one or two man show where they're carefully, um, you know, lining up their business and then you lock up your place and they can't help you. Yeah. Yeah. Time for it. So there's, but, but on the other end of that, there's, there's nothing wrong with like, if you find a perfect property and you haven't figured out contractors yet, don't pass up on locking up that property. Like you'll find a contractor, (laughs) you know what I mean? So that's why I say that either way is fine is because in a perfect world, yes, you would have somebody to be like, Hey, got it. Here you go. Keys. But on the, on the other side of it, don't, don't pass up opportunities. You'll find somebody. Okay. Wayne, would you have anything to add to that? My, my, my standard answer to this question, uh, cause this is probably the most, uh, my standard answer to this question is that, uh, finding contractors for your fix and flip business is the hardest part about fix and flipping the hardest part, because as uh, all the things that Gabby mentioned, uh, it's hard to have everything perfectly lined up and for them to be patiently waiting for you. Um, timing has to be perfect. I mean, in the past when we just had one contractor, <clears throat> he, w- I desperately tried to be as perfect as possible, lining up one project with another project immediately afterwards. I would have a three week gap and he'd be off on another job. And I call him I'm like, I got one. And he'd be like, Oh yeah. Okay. Um, When's it start? I'll be like, uh, three weeks from now. <sighs> three weeks, three weeks. I could probably get started in about five weeks. Fuck, we're losing two weeks. Mm-hmm. So even with, you know, someone, you, you know, you explain to them, hey, we're going to keep you busy from job to job. And that's the most important thing is that when you find a really good contractor, just keep them, just try and have another job lined up immediately afterwards. Or if you've got a large rental portfolio, go through all of your rental properties and see which ones need repairs. Just like fill their schedule as much as possible because, you know, they got a table to feed, right? They got a family. They can't be waiting three weeks for, you know, for you to start your next job. I mean, they're still only making their normal hourly rate. So um, definitely when you find a good one, you know, make sure that you take good care of them and and you keep them busy and then they'll only want to work with you. Um, but when you're doing your first couple fix and flips, honestly, Gab was right. Just just focus on the deal, and then, and then when you get the deal locked up, you got three weeks to find a contract, <laughs> and you'll find one. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's but can you proactively have like contractors ready lined up, you know, to go and potentially in three to seven weeks? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and net, and network is very important too. Making sure that you're networking with lots of different contractors, lots of different investors, and just being a strong network is, is key mm-hmm. because if you have a good Rolodex of people that you can call um, and have lots of options and that's going to be your best, um, that's, that's your best way to position yourself. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. And don't steal ours. No, <laughs> don't steal ours. Well, and I think it's interesting to hear you both say that because I think we were really concerned about um, finding a property you know, locking it up, but then really not having any contractors. So it's, it's at least, 
I don't know, reassuring in some way to think that you, that you both think we'd be able to find somebody, I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh, the power of positivity. Well, and, uh, but here's the other thing is that with fix and flips, like <clears throat> if it was secondary suites, I would maybe be a little bit more delicate on that because not like, I mean, there are a handful of contractors who are very knowledgeable in secondary suites, but not all of them for sure. But on the other side, like fix and flip is all general renovations. It's not like super specific permitting, making sure like all of these things are exact to get approval on a secondary suite. Mm -hmm. So like, man, there's so many contractors, like so many contractors. And just because maybe they're not within our networks doesn't mean that they wouldn't be a fantastic crew to have on site. Yeah. Yeah, and, And qualified to do what you need them to do. So like I, I, I know without a doubt that you would be able to find an amazing contractor. Um, it would just be that, yeah, you, you need to make the calls and meet with them and look at their past work and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. okay. And I kind of have a follow up question to that if I'm if I'm still allowed. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> How do you? What would you? Do you have any key points for vetting contractors? Because we have started that research and that kind of process but just curious to see what you have to say about the vetting stage of it. Um, My biggest thing would be 100% right off the bat to first ask within um, the investment networks, ask for referrals. Um, Because I mean, like having a referral is a huge um, upper hand when you start talking to the contractor, because you know that somebody within your community has used them and has been happy with their work, right? So number one is I would try to find referrals for them. If you're just like out there looking them up on Google and cold calling, then for sure I would want to um, probably speak to some of their past clients and hopefully even be able to see some of their work. Okay. So are they on a job right now? Can they put, can they um, meet with you for you know half an hour on site at their current job? You know those types of things. Okay. Um, because I mean anybody can blow smoke and mm-hmm. and and tell you and, and show you pictures who knows if they're even theirs or not right yeah <laughs> um so it's really important if you can to be able to see it if you know nothing about them and if they come without a referral and you're just you know doing your best also the other thing i hate is that like you can't even really depend on like google reviews and that type of thing because they can all just be manufactured yeah 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 right so referrals is is usually the best way okay thank you yeah. both you're no welcome. Problem. Have a beautiful day. You too. Hey, 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 hey. You still there? Oh, yeah. yeah I'm still trying to figure out how to hang up. Oh, don't hang up. Don't hang up. Gabby, Gabby was literally about to talk about you guys before you called. I was, and I, I was going to say that, like, I'm super excited for you guys and and i'm really excited to see you guys but um we get to meet for um tacos and transactions this afternoon (laughs) and i just think it's so exciting um you know when you guys this will be you know you've been interested in doing a fix and flip and then this opportunity came so i'm really excited for you guys i'm really excited to get started on this project and I love how you also like dove right in on the social media stuff. And mm-hmm. like, you've just been, you guys are going to absolutely kill it. And I'm so excited. Oh, thank you. We really appreciate that. <laughs> You're welcome. And, and you know, you, you, you've hooked Taylor on this because today's her day off. And <laughs> normally on her day off, if anyone knows Taylor, that she loves sleeping in. And oh. she last night, 
I, you know, we were just sort of talking about what, about our day tomorrow, and, you know, obviously tacos and all that stuff coming up. She's she's asking me what time I'm getting up because I was planning to go to the gym at eight o'clock. She's like, well, I think I'm going to get up at six o'clock to listen to the podcast. I'm like, nice. oh shit, I guess I got to get up at six o'clock too now. <laughs> and here you guys are. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> Beautiful. Thanks okay, again, guys. We'll, we'll see you later. Okay, okay bye. Bye. <laughs> um, so this is actually uh, an interesting uh, topic. Uh, and, and, and Josh had a bunch of stuff to say in the comments here. Um, basically saying that um, your team will evolve and, you know, you won't set every piece on day one, right? Things change over time. Also, he, he agreed that good contractors are busy and not sitting around waiting for projects to start. So as I mentioned, uh, it is the hardest part of fix and flips is building a team, a reliable team, and it takes time. We've been through many contractors. Not to say that all those contractors were were bad or it just it didn't for what we needed and what we were what are what the outcomes that we needed to happen in order to achieve our goals to grow that part of the business yeah you know it it, it takes time mm -hmm. and and you got to build the right team in order to get those you know those outcomes and for us it was to be able to scale so yeah. i i've been diligently working on this yeah for some time with for, super clear intention <clears throat> yes yeah and I would try things out to see if they work, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, let's do, you know, this or, you know, even in the past when we were doing, you know, other, um, when we were doing burrs, you know, we'd find contractors and we did a lot of the work ourselves, and then we'd hire someone out for mm -hmm. a couple pieces here and there, you know, hey, how about you come in and do the flooring? Hey, how about you come in and do the kitchen cabinets? Because it's way too hard for us. How about you come in and do the baseboards? Okay, would you mind replacing all the um, the switches and the electrical outlets? Just little stuff. Just kind of see, you know, get to know them, work around them, mm -hmm. see what kind of person they are. Are they easy to communicate with? Mm -hmm. that's, that's big. Are they coming in, you know, reeking of booze? You know, it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with that. What you do in your, you know, the night before is entirely up to you, but is it going to affect, you know, um, your, your ability in the morning? Is it going to affect your ability to be on time? Mm -hmm. um, are you going to forget things? It, it just, you got to try things out and you got to try new people. And, and if it doesn't work out, then just hire someone else to come in and, and change the light fixtures. And, mm -hmm. and that's, you just got to test people out until you find the right person that works for you. To build your team um on the topic of building your team <clears throat> same thing we've been through many professionals on our team yeah not just not just uh contractors brokers agents accountants accountants right because what you want to do is you want to find the person that's perfect for you and for where you're at yeah and as you and your business evolves you know whoever you were using may no longer meet your needs right yeah so yeah it's yeah it's not just like you're like okay got the perfect agent got the perfect lawyer got the perfect broker got the perfect con uh contractor and then like you're set for the rest of your investing career no yes. it'll change um ever heard of the uh the saying uh kaizen yes <laughs> con small continuous improvement yeah Small continuous improvement, always continuously making small changes to improve. Yeah. Small adjustments, yeah. 
Absolutely. So you just always never, never just settle down. Just continue to keep, you know, tinkering and making little improvements here and there. Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> again, when it comes to finding a fix and flip contractor, I recommend just trying some people out and just having a little bit of faith. And um, it's okay to fail. No, that's not fail something. It's okay to make mistakes. Yeah. Right. Because when you make a mistake, you're like, okay, that didn't work. Let's try something different. Okay, that didn't work. Let's try something different. Until eventually you build a good solid foundation or a team of reliable contractors or reliable professionals so that you can just move on to something else. And that's on autopilot now. So there's a, it, there's a bit of a learning curve and a growth curve, and it's just part of the process. Mm -hmm. I wish I could give someone a fucking app or a website or, you know, some easy answer, but I'm, I'm giving you the honest to God truth. And the sooner that people can realize that this is difficult and it does need to be overcome, the sooner they'll actually start, you know, opening themselves up to the vulnerability of just trying. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you're always going to be looking for that perfect website, that perfect one-liner, that perfect, you know, um, screening sh checklist sheet or questionnaire. No, there, there isn't. You just, you just got to try it out. And, and, and you'll know very quickly. You'll know very quickly, you know, if, if this is working out, like it's happened to us, like, you know, we've, you know, we'll switch to someone and be like, wow, this is significantly easier. You just know out of the gate and you're like, yeah. this is going to work. Yeah. I mean, don't, don't just automatically just seal it up and sign right there, but like keep continuously kind of testing it a little bit, I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just to make sure it runs properly and then just keep testing, 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 and just make sure that, you know, that your, um, your intentions are clear and their intentions are clear and there's a good line of communication. Yeah. And then eventually once it's all good, lock it up, put it on autopilot, move on to something else. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and that was the other thing that I was just going to mention. And, um, you know, the, like the relationship between you and, and whoever you're hiring, let's, call it a contractor is that communication like you just said is huge oh, it's so important. but also like in order for them to want to continue to work with you you also need to um be a good person to work with so if you want to maintain a good relationship and lock somebody up who will continuously <clears throat> be doing projects with you um you know it needs to there needs to be reciprocation of um you know, feeling like it's a good relationship. Mm -hmm. So you might think like, oh my God, they're amazing. They do fantastic work. And they're like, oh my God, that person was a nightmare to work for. Right? Yep. Yeah. So. Yep. That's important too. Yep. Um, <laughs> that is that I'm glad you brought that up. Because mm -hmm. um, this happens with most professionals. Um, you got to keep in mind, they got to, they got to want to work for you as well. Yeah. Um. Uh, I don't know if I should share that particular story, but, um, yeah, if, if, if they don't, if, if you're walking in there like big boss lady or big boss man, and just, you know, with watermelons underneath your arms. Oh, I was like, what? <laughs> just, okay. Just, Got it. <laughs> you get it now? <laughs> I've used that expression a few times and people don't get it. You just, just, just imagine a, a, a short man with two watermelons and a uh, watermelon underneath each arm. Mm -hmm. okay, now you get it. Yeah. <laughs> you had a confused look on your face. Um, 
if you're walking in with watermelons underneath your arms and just like being a big boss and oh, that's not the way I want it. Oh no, I could do that for significantly cheaper. They're not going to want to work with you. Right. It's got to, I mean, obviously you need to maintain a level of authority to ensure that when you say things, they're actually getting done. However, just treating people with respect is, 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 is more than enough. Right. Yes. Um, kind of leads me into you know what we're working on right now like i'm oh great story great example i am currently looking for a new contractor right now for calgary oh and I've been, <laughs> i was like i've been working on this for a, almost a year yeah so i'm literally in the process of this right now and i was has and i mean I was hesitant about doing a fix and flip in Calgary mm -hmm. because there was a lot of unknowns. I can find a deal. Don't get me wrong. Everybody in Calgary is like, oh, there's no deals. Uh, I could find a fucking deal. Okay. I could find one. And congrats to uh, Crystal and Jared for finding me a deal. Um, <laughs> but there was, that was a really good opportunity there um, for me and for them. But for me, because... Um, they lined it up nice underhand t-ball yeah. was very and, and when an opportunity like that presents itself you just kind of have to jump on it and and also um jared found a referral uh for a contractor yeah um through another real estate investor and i asked a couple questions about this particular contractor <clears throat> and they had been doing renovations for 15 years separately and then last year, and I think they were just kind of like doing like bathrooms, basements, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe building a gazebo. Lots and sets, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they, they weren't like doing any large scale developments or anything like that. But then they went and worked for a builder and they didn't like working for a builder because it's, you know, Builders, timelines, you know, being an employee again, you mm -hmm. know, being an employee as opposed to being a, um, an owner. So they wanted the freedom and then they decided to to work together. They're starting this this con this renovation company and um, and they'd done some renovations for, I think, some, you know, this industry before in the past. So, you know, they they came with a, a referral recommendation. But I mean, like, what does that really mean? Like, did they did they tile a bathroom like it? it yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. I really don't. So what I had to do was I had to go drive down there last week. Was it last week? I think so, yeah. Last week. And I went down there. I'm like, okay, have that contractor meet me at the house. I'm just going to ask a couple questions. And it wasn't like anything over the top. I was just asking questions like, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? I already knew what we were going to do. I already knew roughly what it was going to cost. I didn't talk about hourly rates or anything. I just wanted to get to know this guy a little bit. Mm -hmm. And he was, you know, sitting very quiet with his, not his binder, but his, like, his, uh, it was a little clipboard, whatever. Yeah. And teacher's kind of walking around. He's trying to get a feel for us because he's, you know, this is his first big project, mm -hmm. you know, starting his company. So he's just trying not to say anything dumb, right? He's probably just, you know, super nervous. And for me, I'm just, I'm just trying to, you know, crack, crack the layers off or take a, take a couple layers off to see what he's actually like. What's he going to communicate? Like, what's his expectations? Does he plan on hiring out a lot of this stuff or does he plan on doing a lot of this stuff? And if he's planning on doing a lot of this stuff, that's great because, you know, when you, when you get quotes for things, it's like, 
uh, people over quote and it's always mm -hmm. cost more but if someone does it hourly it's significantly less yeah. um but what's the hourly rate and and in my, my other thought in my mind i'm, I'm literally going to go through my whole thought process on this if if they're gonna if the two guys are going to do all the work which is great um, and they're going to be on site every day. That was one of the things I asked. I said, are you going to be going from job to job or are you going to just going to be your one project? And they're like, no, we just want one thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. I like that. You're not jumping from job to job. That means that my project's going to stay on track and on schedule. But I want to know what this person's goals are as well. Yes. Are you just planning on just going from job to job or are you planning on scale in this business? Because if you're just like, planning on staying at this, you know, one job and then going to the next job. Um, that means that they're not really interested in hiring out. And that's what I wanted to ask. I'm like, you know, do you guys want to hire out the drywall stuff? No, we can do the drywall stuff. Okay. I, I admire that. I thank you so much for keeping costs down, but I feel like a drywaller can get in here, board it, tape it, mud it, sand it significantly faster than you can. Yeah. And a lot of them like to work overnight. So you can get a lot of shit done during the day. Mutters and tapers come in at night, right? Yeah. And then you can have painters lined up. Well, we can paint. It's significantly less for us to paint. I get that. But what could you be doing while they're doing the paint? Mm -hmm. Can we get this done faster? So I, I, I was trying to feel them out for like, I, I, again, I admire someone that says, hey, I'm going to save you some money. But what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to find a team that I can scale my business up in Calgary. Yeah. And even though he does great work, is he going to be the right person for me long-term mm -hmm. for the goals that I have? So I asked him those questions and I told him what I'm planning on doing. What are you guys planning on doing? Are you guys planning on hiring anyone? Uh, we thought about it a little bit. It's still so early for them, mm -hmm. but I wanted to make sure that my intentions were clear. Yeah. So they had a very good understanding of what it is that I'm trying to plan on do, I'm doing and who I am, yeah. what I'm going to provide, you know, the opportunity that comes with it. They need to know that, Yeah. that I'm not just some schmuck. And, you know, if they work with me and if they build this team and they grow at our pace, there's a huge opportunity for them to build a large scale construction company. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But if at any point they say something along the lines of, ah, you know, we're just going to, we just like to do job by job and, and let's just take it one step at a time. Not my guys. Yeah. And I've had those conversations with people that I thought were going to be really great contractors and they gave me that. Yeah. And you know what? I, even though they were great, they're a great price. They do great work. I didn't go with them because it's just wasting time because why? we have an outcome that we want. Exactly. Yeah. I'll get this one project done, but I'm going to be right back at, at yeah. square one. Ex like as soon as this project's done, mm -hmm. I need to go back. I need to find contractors again. Yeah. So, I mean, if you know what it is that you're trying to get to, where it is that you're trying to get to and what, outcomes that you want in order to reach your goals, it makes decisions like this a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Now, at the end of the day with these particular contractors in Calgary, and I told them, I told them like, as we were leaving, Jared knows, Jared was there, like Crystal, if she's listening, she knows as well. Um, at the end of it, I said, okay, cool. You're in. And he's like, uh, yeah. And I'm like, no, like seriously, I, when I say that, I mean, like, I, I'd like to use you, please block off your calendar for July 29th yeah. for the next three to four months. Oh, okay, cool. And I think he was a little shocked, <laughs> but I'm like, I, I want you to know when I say that, I'm not just saying that, yeah, we're going to do some lots of good work together. And then I never call you back. No, that's not me. Like, we're going to do this job together. And I said, dude, I could ask you for, for, you know, some pictures of your previous jobs. 
and you're going to pull up your phone and you're going to have all these fancy pictures and you're going to have either your best work or somebody else's best work. I'm not going to be able to tell the fucking difference. <laughs> you're going to give me a few phone numbers or some people that you work with in the past. But I mean, that's just like a fucking tenant. Do you think a tenant is going to give you the, the bad landlords? No, they're only going to give you the good landlords or their best friends who are saying that they were a great tenant. So like calling for references, in my opinion, it's just, it's not even worth it. It's just a waste of my time. The best way to find out if these people are going to do a good job is pay close attention over the first couple of weeks. That's it. Pay close attention to how quickly they're working. Are they showing up on time? Are they communicating well? And then around the third, fourth week, when they start putting things back together, right? That's when they start putting in baseboards. That's when they start painting. Start seeing the type of finishing work. Yeah. The finishing work. Pay very close attention. You got to be there twice a week when they start doing finishing work. Because that's going to be a good indication of whether, you know, they're, they have good, um, good attention to detail. Yeah. And whether the finished product is going to look good. If it's not looking good, you either address it very quickly or you just tell them, hey, you know what? We're done. Yeah. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. It's not what we're looking for. Oof, just, we had a hard lesson learned on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. But that's it. But otherwise, like, how, how else am I going to know? Referrals and recommendations aren't going to work. I mean, it was great we had one from someone that we trust in Calgary. Um, but otherwise, the only way to truly know is to actually try them. And we might be in a situation in six weeks from now when we find out that this isn't, this isn't working out and we have to fire them and we got a, a, a half, you know, half renovated or demoed Mm-hmm. you know, property and we need to find a new contractor. But like, is there any other way to do it? Do I have any other options? Not really. Jump in. Jump in. <laughs> Jump in. You'll learn how to swim. And I'm literally going through it right now. I'm yeah. like in the next three weeks, we'll have possession. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, if you guys want to see that, um, Jared's holding an open house um, at that property on July 30th. And, uh, and Gabby and I are going to be there. Oh, cool. I Did didn't you know, know that? that. No. <laughs> yeah. So we, uh, we get possession. of. We morning. talk so much. <laughs> yeah. The most we talk is actually in the morning. On the that show. means Everly will be there too. Yes, she will. Everly will be there and uh, Gabby will be there and I'll be there. Um, it's in the afternoon. So uh, we'll be, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll show up for that. And then I got to go out for dinner that night. Yes. Um, and then you can go do whatever. Okay, we did talk about that. I just didn't realize it was for I was on that date. You betcha. So awesome. if you guys want to see that property, you guys can come out on July thirtieth. Just uh, reach out to, I don't know, uh, send us an email or, or or reach out to Jared Como. Um, if you need to contact us, just email us at info at reimorningshow.com. Awesome. But that that's it right there. Fun, fun. Right, and it's I'm I'm crossing my fingers that these guys work out. Yeah. I only got to meet one Mike. Of two? Yeah, there's two mics. I haven't figured out whether I want to call them Mike Squared or Mike and Mike. I think Mike and Mike, I like it better. Eminem? Yeah, Eminem. Mm. <laughs> awesome. I will only answer this question because it relates to our business in the comments here. Uh, I'm currently collecting companies to talk to about quoting for tiling. How do you go about getting a quote if you don't have, if you don't yet have measurements, et cetera, for a job? Is that possible? Mm-hmm. Uh, send me a message, Jared. Um, I know the standard size of a shower and I know the standard rough size of, 
the backsplash is going to be dependent on whether we use subway tile or like a mosaic. Um, well, the like, I'm sorry, Wayne, to cut you off, but like uh, a tiler would also know the standard size is a tub. So if you say, hey, we're tiling a tub surround, um, and it's very standard, 12 by 24. High, how high? Are yeah, you are you going to the ceiling? To the ceiling? Um, that type of thing. But it should be a pretty standard pricing for that uh, 12 by 24 tile. That's what pretty much everybody uses, unless and some yeah. people are going crazy with the little subway tiles. But 12 by 24, make it simple. Mm -hmm. And um, they should be able to give you a, a pretty accurate quote on that. Schluter. Yeah. 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 I've, um, I've got a, a rough... Um, uh, I have a rough amount of what we pay for here in Edmonton. Um, so they should be able to tell us by square foot. Like if it's a shower, simple, 12 by 24s, not a whole heck of a lot of prep. Well, I guess like it depends. Like are they, are they prepping the board behind it? That's important. Are they uh, supplying uh, Schluter? Are they supplying the grout and mortar? Then, you know, they'll, they'll add those costs in. Mm -hmm. um, a couple hundred bucks for supplies. And then they'll tell you roughly per square foot uh, based on something like that. Now, if you're doing a more complicated, like uh, full stand-up shower where it's completely tiled in and the bottom's tiled in, there's mosaics, there's a curb. Um, the more um, complicated it gets, the more they charge mm -hmm. uh, for those particular areas. And then a backsplash, same thing. If it's if it's uh, normally subway tiles, they should have a good idea of what it is. But then again, if there's like intricate cuts or if you're using like a mosaic and that's just, it, it becomes very difficult in small little cuts and, and a lot of scraps and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, they'll have a price for that as well. So I have a good idea of what we should be paying, um, but just send me a message and, and, and remind me and, and I'll give you a good idea of how to ask that question. Yeah. And a, an experienced, um, it, it, sound, it always sounds so stupid. Tile, tile installer. An experienced tile installer will be able to give you like the one that we're using, for instance, and Wayne talked to many who were like, who weren't able to give information on their pricing. It was, they'll, we'll only quote out if we come and measure and see the job and see the tile and all that kind of stuff. But um, someone who's good will be able to say, okay, for your 12 by 24 standard, this much per square foot for mosaic this much per square foot for mm -hmm. like those different types of things. Um, if there's a curb, expect to add this much more, you know what I mean? So like somebody who has been in the business and knows their prices well and how long it takes them well, mm -hmm. will be able to tell you somebody who is just doing odd jobs or whatever, probably yeah. isn't going to give you that information and wants to come see the job. Yeah. And I, I can respect that from their perspective because not everyone's as um, respectful um, and honorable as us, mm -hmm. right? So sometimes if you give a quote over the phone and then they show up and they're like, oh, geez, I didn't realize that the prep work was like this. And I didn't realize it was like this and it's not square. And you said it was this much. Yeah. And then, you know, the t the t imagine the type of person who's like, oh, no, you said it's going to be this much, right? So they really want to make sure that this is something that they want to do. And it's also something that's as, as advertised. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so they're not shooting themselves in the foot, but I always just try and be just a respectful person and be like, Hey, do you mind if you, do you mind quoting roughly? And I'll just be like, Hey man, I, I totally understand if things happen and it's a little more complicated, feel free to bill me as, you know, accordingly. But I just kind of want a rough number just to make sure that you're still in line with everyone else that we're getting quotes from. 
Yeah. And if they're in line and they come with good re referrals or I've seen some of their work, then I'll, I'll work with them. Mm -hmm. um, we don't need to find the cheapest tiler. No. Oh God, no. No. Well, like, well tile's important. <laughs> yeah. I want, I want, I want someone who's going to pay See, This is back to detail, attention to detail. You get one bad grout line or one crappy, you know, corner on the Schluter. Mm -hmm. um, it's noticeable. Mm -hmm. It's really noticeable. So I want the best. Um, and over time, you'll figure you'll you'll begin to know how much a backsplash costs and how much a shower costs to tile it, how much a tub surround costs to tile it, and then you just work it into your numbers. Um, for you know, for your for your template for you know your flips in the future. And that's just the cost. And then stop focusing on trying to save money, you know, a couple hundred bucks on the, the tile installation. Start focusing on how to save a couple hundred bucks on the actual deal. Yeah. Right. Or what can I do? What can I add to this fix and flip that will increase the desirability or increase the value of the home to offset that? You know, i.e. feature wall, i.e., you know, sign out front with the address on it, that kind of stuff. Like what kind of things can we do to make sure this is the, the nicest one out. on the street? Yeah. It stands out so we'll get the best possible price so that we can justify you know paying you know yeah. full market costs for tile installation you know what I'm trying to get at? yeah for sure and like tile tiling isn't cheap like no. yeah it's a it's 14 15 bucks a square foot and tile, tile yeah tile in general like um that's why like if you're you know doing lots of renovations, you're going to start to realize that like the simpler, the better. So in your shower, 12 by 24s in the kitchen, like your standard subway tile, because as you get like, um, and I know that most of you will probably know that like in our Corinthia project here in Leduc, um, I picked like, and I'm obsessed with it. I would put it in my own house is like a really cool herringbone with like all these multicolors, like kind of more mosaic style. And my God, the tile was so expensive to purchase. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then the installation of it was so expensive because it's so much more intricate, so many more stupid, tiny little cuts and like all that kind of stuff and, yeah. and lining it all up and making it look good. So, yeah, I mean, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have changed it. I absolutely love it. And somebody else is going to absolutely love it, but yeah, it's like the standard template. The more simple you can make the job for them, the the less it's going to cost. Uh, installation for that uh, really nice mosaic tile. Did, did you ever? Did you ever pay that invoice? Yes, I know how much it was. It's only thirteen hundred bucks. <clears throat> Just for, wasn't it together with the? Yeah, it was thirteen hundred bucks for. That's it. Yeah. Are you looking at the right invoice? Yeah. Okay. Is that a quote? No, this is final numbers. I'm looking at the text. It was thirteen hundred bucks, plus the cost of all. You know, it was like seven bucks a square foot, and there was that shit ton of scraps on that tile. Mm -hmm. So it was quite a bit for that backsplash. Yeah, but I think it looks really nice. It does. Um, shower walls, typical shower walls, not going to the ceiling. Just uh, like I think a foot and a half from the top. Uh, well, the thing that like we discussed and that I'm usually like, I'm okay. I mean, it's great if you can go to the ceiling, but it depends on your exact measurement, how tall your tub is and stuff. I always just tell our tile guy that like, don't make, don't make a cut, go as high as the, like having them stacked until With you're no at cuts. your last spot without having to, you know, shave anything off the top. It's noticeable. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, no, I don't care. I, like, I don't care whether it's like, I, I think that going to the ceiling is always, you know, the nicest look. Yeah. But we're going less labor. Going forward. I don't know if I told you yeah. that. Yeah. But it's less labor to, um, you know, stop wherever your last piece of tile ends up. Right? Mm -hmm. On average, uh, tiling um, shower walls is about 700 bucks. Plus, plus supplies. supplies. Yeah, it's like fifty bucks for, for mortar and uh, and grout, or twenty bucks or something like that. So it's not it's not crazy. Mm -hmm. If you think about that, you know, that's seventy. I think it was seventy uh, square feet, roughly. And uh, how much are you paying uh, per square foot for tile? For the twelve by twenty fours? Yeah. Oh, like under a buck. Yeah, you can get like the, like, at like excess floors and stuff. Like, I think, honestly, I think the last ones that we used were like 70 cents or something like that. If you're going to Home Depot and getting fancy stuff, you can spend four or five bucks. <laughs> so, a buck a square foot? Yeah. So, now there's, there's, there's $70 worth of tiles and $700 to install. I don't know. I don't know what Matthew just did, but yeah, seventy square feet times a buck is seventy dollars for for the tiles and seven hundred to install them. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Anyway, so it's about eight hundred bucks for the tile, and plus supplies and schluter. You know, a couple lengths of schluter. So I'd say it's about a thousand bucks to tile. Um, that's what we're paying roughly about a thousand bucks roughly to to tile a shower. That's not bad at all. If you think about another six hundred bucks to uh, for a tub or to resurface a tub, it's like fifteen, sixteen hundred bucks for that portion. Mm -hmm. I, I share that this morning, and uh, just to give some people a little more confidence, clarity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jared just says here talking to the tile installers today now seems much less daunting. Oh yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy how it's not as scary once, like, when you have a little bit of certainty? Yeah. <laughs> now you understand what i mean by like like just jumping in and just learning and just being afraid to lose five grand on the first deal that five grand is is that the education that you're getting from that and the confidence that you're getting from that from that big fuck up on the first one is so worth it because the next one you're you're not going to be concerned about it anymore you're like oh yeah it's like 10 bucks a square foot for 12 by 24s in the shower no big deal mm -hmm. You know, like, do you want to go to the ceiling? And I'll be like, okay, how many extra square feet? Ten. Okay, cool. Let's go to the ceiling. Yeah. So it's an extra hundred bucks. No big deal. And when you when you can break down a whole renovation like this because you've done it a couple times, it it, it you're right. It is a far less daunting. And you're you're way more inclined to make that call because I bet like I bet some of you have like held off from making that call because you're worried that someone's going to think that you sound stupid because you don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Right? Fuck. Just all this time wasted because you're afraid of what people are going to think of you. Yeah. Isn't it fucked? <laughs> so fucked. I, 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 try, I try my best every morning just to, to give as much information as possible, just to have that light bulb moment where you can realize that the only way to truly not be scared anymore is to actually do. Mm-hmm. That's it. And be okay with being vulnerable to fucking up. Yeah. It's the only way. 
How do I find a contractor? How do I make sure everything's all lined up? Just hire one. Give it a shot. Yeah. If it sucks, fuck. Go get a new one. <laughs> but just, you know what I mean? That's that's the only way to do it. Yeah. That's what separates. That That's why there's about 20 or 30 real estate investors that everybody follows in, in, in Canada. Right? There's about 20 or 30 investors and they got big social media profiles, right? And they got podcasts and all that stuff. And so those 20 or 30 investors make up like less than a percent, 1% of all the real estate investors in Canada, okay? A fraction of a percent. And the other 99.9% of investors just follow those 30 people and just wish they could do it. Mm-hmm. And you know what ends up happening? Well, you guys, let you guys in a little secret this morning. Don't tell anybody. But those 30 investors are monetizing it. They are selling you programs. They're selling you courses. They're selling you coaching and mentoring to give you the confidence that they already have. And it's just, it comes down to confidence. They were willing to take a step and you weren't. That's the only difference. I've seen some real estate investors. I'm like, how the fuck did they become successful? That guy is a loser. What? No, seriously. Like this guy, this guy. You mean like scuzzy? No, this guy's a loser. Like this guy, his, his, his views on life, his decision-making skills, like just the way he talks, you know what I mean? Like, had he done anything else, he would have been a complete fucking failure. This guy's a loser. And yet you guys are worshiping him. Everybody worships him because he just went, all that person did. Was he just went out? It's the fucking truth, Gab. I, I, I would no like to know here. who you're talking about. Oh, there, there's a handful. There's a fucking handful. I'm like, this person's an absolute fucking low-life loser. And yet, look at how successful he is in real estate investing. And look at just everybody. I'm like, oh, this guy's amazing. No, you know the big difference between you and him? Is he just went out and did it. And you didn't. That's it. That's it. You can have everything you want. All you got to do is just take a step. And another step and another step (laughs) continuously taking steps kaizen small -hmm. continuous improvements Mm -hmm. just keep doing it just keep doing it anybody anybody play football no i did a little bit you didn't play football (laughs) just keep pushing right you're on the line jared played football didn't he yep used to right Keep stepping forward. Push, 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 push. Never go backwards. Keep pushing forward. That's it. Pretty simple stuff. But I wasn't kidding about those particular people, man. (laughs) Fuck me. Hashtag no filter. (sighs) Hmm. I'm not being judgmental either. I'm just, I'm using it as an example to, to explain my point is that Anyone can be You could successful. be an absolute deadbeat. <laughs> you could be an absolute fucking loser and be successful in real estate. Because I've seen it. I've seen it happen. And you're paying for their coaching programs. <laughs> oh, by the way, that's not me. That's not me. I haven't made many mistakes in my life, and I'm not afraid to say that. Because you know what? When you got a track record like me, I think I think I've earned it. I think I've earned it. Um, 
<laughs> it's always hard for me to go on podcasts. I hate going on podcasts because I don't have, I don't have a rags to riches story. <laughs> and I don't have like, you know, the moments that like turn Wayne's life around. I don't have that story. I hate it. You know what though, Wayne? And I'm glad that you just said that because, you know, there are, I, like, I think when people do, you know, have like the rags to riches that that's awesome and that is inspiring and mm -hmm. that is, you know, so cool that people were able to, you know, turn their lives around like that. Yeah. But I think it's far more common to just be a normal fucking person who wants something more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we can listen to those stories and find inspiration and be like, oh my gosh, if they were able to do it, surely I can, mm -hmm. right? But at the same time, like there's so many of, many of us who are just normal freaking people that just want better for our lives, yeah. that, that want to find a way to become successful. And I think that, you know, like you said, to go on a podcast and them to be like, so, you know, like, where did you start out? And like, you know, try, trying to fish for that, for that story and you mm -hmm. don't have one. It maybe doesn't make for the most like, I don't know, inspiring, you know, podcast mm -hmm. episode. But at the same time, it's like, it shows people that you can just be a normal dude working a normal job with a normal family in a normal house yeah. with a normal car that just wants more and that you can have that and that you can do that. And that it's actually really simple. Yeah. It's just making a few decisions. And like you said, taking the action and I don't know, I just, I think that, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's fun to listen and get inspiration from those, but that's not most of us. Yeah. And most of those people where are rags to riches, their back was up against a damn wall. That's, you just, they had did you to. you read my note on my piece of paper? No, mm -hmm. they had to. Yeah. That's where it's like, you know, you find it inspiring. And then it's like, if they can, I can. I just yeah. said that, right? You think if they if they could do it, I surely can do it. Mm -hmm. But you don't have your back against a wall. You don't have that motivation where like, if I don't do this, I'm homeless. If I don't do this, my family's homeless. Like those types of things. Those types of like, literally like do or die. Yes. So it takes a lot more for you to, to get up and put in that extra effort when you're comfy and cozy. Yeah. Um, this is a, this is a big reason why I'm a little more blunt and a little more, some people think rude to some people. I push people to Hard, tell yeah. them how pathetic they are <laughs> because I, I, what I want is I want someone to prove me wrong. I love being proven wrong. Yeah. I love it. Because I'm willing to give up our friendship. I'm willing to be hated if I know that that is what motivates you to be successful, to prove me wrong. Mm -hmm. I love it. There's there's a handful of people yeah. that I went really hard on and I look back and I'm like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have done that. And maybe they weren't the right, that person wasn't the right person for it. They, it didn't, they said, hey, I don't like that way. I don't like that way of being motivated. I prefer, you know, the hip, hip, hooray, pat on the back. And I'm just like, that's not what I do. And, and I'd say something along the lines of, to be honest, I just, I don't think you're necessarily cut out for this. And I think you need to lower your expectations a little bit. It don't aim so high. And then maybe you'll hit some targets. And then what do they go? They do, they say, fuck you. They'll go run off and then they'll prove me wrong. And I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And again, I'm, I'm okay with being hated if I know that someone else was successful, but you know, it's, it's a powerful motivator 
powerful motivator to prove someone wrong. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those fucking losers that I was talking about, they had a lot of things to prove, mm -hmm. right? They're proving it to people like me on the other side that were thinking it. I, 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 again, I'm not being judgmental. It was, it was more sort of create a point um, that anybody can do it. But, you know, I bet you they had people in their life that said, you know, you're never going to amount to nothing. You're just, you're a fucking loser. And then what do they do? They go out and prove them wrong. They go out and do things. They say, fuck this. I'm going to show them. And they're willing to do whatever the hell it takes. And they don't give a shit what people think. Because they already think he's shit anyways. Mm -hmm. Right? But in that moment, in that, in, that, in that sweet little moment right there, this is what I'm fascinated with. When someone's at that rock bottom where it's like they're crying in a corner and everybody said that they're never going to amount to anything there's that little spot right there where they make a decision to either go and cower in the corner mm -hmm. or go and just go and take action. Yeah. And I'm fascinated by that. See, that's what I love asking people about. Where was your moment? Yeah. And how did it happen? Because for some people they go and they cower in the corner, they curl up in a ball and some people they go and they take massive action and they have success. Mm -hmm. It looks like an overnight success, mm -hmm. but it's not because they had a moment. Yeah. Everybody has to have a moment. Or a series of moments. True. But the series of moments normally bottles up in a chemical reaction to something just like, I have to do it. Yeah. Right? Someone is going to hear this right now and they're going to go and take action today. Mm -hmm. I'm fascinated by it. Mm -hmm. I, 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 as, a, as an, a real estate investing coach, I try and create those moments. Yeah. It's terrible for branding fucking terrible for branding because you know what you get branded as a fucking dick mm -hmm. but again i'm willing to lose a couple clients <laughs> to see a few succeed right to see a few past clients succeed yeah maybe they didn't have any success with me while they were working with me but they went on to be successful and they'll never fucking admit it was me but deep down i know and it makes me feel good that <laughs> it checks that box and contribution for me big time you know what I mean? But I'm wise enough to know that that is where, where it's formulated, yeah. where it's created is in those moments right there, those small little moments. So what I do is I basically walk around punching people in the face. <laughs> right? Yeah. Some people need to get punched in the face. Mm -hmm. You're giggling like a little schoolgirl, but you know it's true. Mm. You you know it's absolutely true. It's the people, it's those rags. Well, that's why you hear a lot of rags to riches stories. Because a lot of people were, were at, at their moments. bottom. Yeah. And then they went and they took massive action and they didn't give a shit what people thought. Right? That's why a large majority of successful people are like that. And I've figured out myself too, and this isn't a therapy session, but um, I've 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 done a lot of deep reflection and thinking about like where was my moment um i know the moment that i had and you probably heard it on a podcast about the night that wayne lost a poker match at three o'clock in the morning and he had a shift you know starting in four hours at a gas station and all of his friends were just about to graduate from engineering and you know and, and university and i'm sitting here pumping gas and racking up credit cards with poker debt i had my rock bottom it's not it's not a fucking cool one to talk about but the, I know that's where it was. And at the same time, those same engineers and those family members and everyone else, they had labeled me 
You know what I mean? And I did not like that because I was, I was, I came from the exact same spot they did. They went and they made good decisions and they studied and I didn't. And I was basically going down a path of just basically, you know, potentially maybe one day I might be an assistant manager at a gas station. And that right there is what motivated me to go and take action. And mm-hmm. I've just been doing it ever since. Yeah. But that's what, and when I said um, a series of moments, um, that's what I had in mind is like, that was, that was your first decision. Yeah. And from that, you up and packed a U-Haul and moved to Alberta. Mm-hmm. Thinking there was a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow on the other side of Canada. And there was, there was you. Well, <laughs> I met you. Thank you. Um, but from there, like you, like when you moved to Alberta, you were, you know, did some jobs and like it's not like you had instant success and became a real estate investor when you got here yeah you know what i did when i got here i got a job at the edmonton international airport uh fueling airplanes yeah (laughs) yeah i'm I'm not there anymore yeah (laughs) (laughs) but that's what i mean it's like that was that first decision and then it's like okay now you're here now you need to make some more decisions along the way right Mm -hmm. yeah continuously growing i could have kept buying rental properties right Mm -hmm. but continuously improved got more education learned how to do new stuff now we're doing flips as a big part of our business and getting that automated once the flip portion is automated in edmonton and calgary i'm going to move on to something else i have another business that i'm working on as well that it needs to take up a lot of energy but just one thing at a time so i'm going to get this flipping business all automated so that way we have a team on it you know, it's bringing in good passive income and then I'll just move on to something else. Mm-hmm. But um, back to the point was that, and I need to get going here because I have to, ironically, I have to go meet contractors. Um, I, who wants to be punched in the face? <laughs> Are you waiting for a whole bunch of hands? You know what I mean? Tell me your story and I'll tell you how fucked it is. Wilson wants a throat punch. <laughs> Some people need it. Some people need it. Jared says you've punched me in the face a couple times. And look at you. <laughs> Just look at you now. Look at you. <laughs> Jeremy says I do. Just don't hurt your hand though. Oh, Jeremy's got an iron jaw. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to punch people in the face. I wish they would just do it on their own, but it's the truth. And the sooner the people realize how to, how, how jet fuel is created, um, the sooner you can start making it yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what? And uh, I can't think of a better line to end the show on. We'll see you guys on Monday morning. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.